Welcome to episode 48 of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I am your host and co-founder, Aaron Breitman, and coming to you uh, Monday night, a few hours after uh, Rutgers formally introduced Kirk Sharaka as the new offensive coordinator for Rutgers football. Greg Schiano spoke to the media, as did Sharaka. And I've done a few of these now, and uh, you know, some I've received some good feedback, and um, people seem to like it. So uh, as this goes, I will play certain clips, audio clips or excerpts from the press conference, uh, either in this case, uh, Shiano uh, and or Shiraka, and then just kind of comment and give my you know two cents or take on what was said. Obviously, it was a very positive press conference. But I do think that, you know, it was, there were some insightful things said in terms of uh, the approach, uh, their alignment together in this, and um, I guess their their view of how they're going to turn the offense around. So with that being said, so we'll start with uh, an excerpt of uh, Greg Shiano's opening statement uh, where he introduces Shiraka and talks a little bit about the uh, process. Um, probably the big the big announcement here, obviously you guys know, is Kirk Shiraka coming back to be our offensive coordinator here at Rutgers. And um, I'm going to tell you guys the same thing that I told the recruits yesterday and then I'm going to tell the team tonight at our team meeting. I've never been more excited to be the head coach at Rutgers than I am tonight. Um, you know, with Kirk coming back and, and leading the offense and with Joe Harris Simiak leading the defense, it doesn't get better than that. I've never had better than that at any level. Uh, National Football League, college, doesn't matter. These two guys are are great teachers, great leaders, and uh, like I can't wait to, to put it together with these guys. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really good. So uh, you know we did an exhaustive search. I told you it was gonna take time. Um, and when you do a search there's a lot of reasons why it takes time. Number one, talking to people, but number two, they got, they have things going too. If you're, if you're going after the right people, they have other opportunities, they have things cooking in their life. So, uh, but again, at the end of the day, if you get the right person, that's the most important. And, uh, I'll reiterate, never been more excited. So I'll, uh, I'll open it up to questions, but before I do, I want to thank Rutgers, the university, the administration for stepping up in a big way. Um, when, when a head coach, you have to do what you think is best for the program, but you don't operate in a vacuum. And there's a lot of people that stepped up. And, uh, when we talk about the support and what's needed to compete in the big 10 conference for championships, um, the Rutgers administration understands they're, they're supportive and I can't thank them enough for that. So it means a great deal to me and, and where we're headed. Okay. So. A uh, few things to unpack there, but I uh, kind of wanted to work backwards, actually, in terms of uh, Shiano recognizing the administration for stepping up. So Shiraka is making $1.4 million per year for three years. Rutgers is also, uh, it's been reported, that is paying his buyout of $275,000 from Minnesota. So I think that, you know, is a really good point. Whether you're super excited about Shiraka, whether you have questions about him coming back, I think it is undoubtedly clear that Rutgers is going all in in terms of their commitment towards having um, a successful Big Ten program. 
And to Shiano's credit, he changed that thinking, you know, in his return in 2020. And, you know, he was hired at $4 million a year. Governor Murphy got involved. That was, you know, a, a huge step up in salary um, from Chris Ash, who was in the twos, um, you know, and he talked about when he was hired about the, the need to be all in, the need to commit, uh, to compete in the Big Ten. You have to you have to pay top notch salaries. And um, I think that that is a great sign uh, in this uh, move with Shiraka, uh, that Rutgers did step up. I mean, before Chiano returned, um, or I guess when he returned and hired Sean Gleason as offensive coordinator, he was the first assistant coach uh, to ever make a million dollars. So now we're, I mean, going to 1.4, there's been a lot of discussion about it. I mean, Shiraka uh, was at $675,000 at Minnesota last year. Uh, he signed an extension in December for nine hundred thousand. His first, uh, his next season was going to be up over a million out of the course of three years, and then comes to Rutgers at one point four. Obviously, when you uh, you know you poach a uh, successful coordinator at another successful or at a successful Big Ten program, you're going to overpay, and uh, you know good for Shiraka. Uh, but I think the big takeaway as a Rutgers fan is that the Rutgers administration stepped up and, you know, Rutgers is, I mean, President Holloway has talked about it. Pat Hobbs has talked about it. Um, you know, Rutgers is all in, in, in every sport, but, you know, to see them pay what you need to pay at the big 10 level, um, to get a, you know, I mean, not even it's at the top. I mean, Chirac, I think, I believe he's top three now, highest paid coordinators in the big 10. So uh, certainly a statement, you know, Shiano obviously talked about his excitement, having Shiraka and Harris Simiak, Joe Harris Simiak, the defensive coordinator, uh, did not mention Minnesota there at all in terms of, um, you know, taking both of them from PJ Fleck over the last year. Um, and I spoke about that uh, with Dan uh, Dietzel of uh, Gopher Insight. If you caught the last episode of um, uh, this podcast, I had him on last Friday uh, he was really good just talking about uh, Shiraka's tenures at Minnesota. Um, but it is kind of fascinating, that angle. But, um, you know, Shiano obviously high on having both, um, you know, and, and he should say that. Uh, but but I, I do think that Rutgers is uh, in good shape in terms of having two competent, um, you know, successful uh, coordinators in place uh, for Shiano. The first question asked to Shiano was uh, kind of a follow-up to his opening statement, asking more about the process of finding the offensive coordinator and what, uh, or I guess how his relationship with Kirk Shiraka played into the process. Well, the previous relationship helped a lot because we're, we're, you know, we've been friends for a long time and I know what kind of man he is. And I also know what kind of coach he is. So that was very, very important. The process is the process, right? I know what I believe we need at Rutgers and Kirk's exactly what we need. I never get into, it's a dangerous process to get into, well, when did you see him and when did you do, because you know what, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's sticky and, and not, not needed to be public, right? It's not public information. But what I will share with you is this is exactly what we need now at Rutgers and that's why I'm so excited. So Shiano talking about uh, his previous relationship with Shiraka, 
Um, you know, and I think that that's something that comes out and you hear Shiraka, we'll, we'll hear him a little bit later on talking about their friendship. And I think it was, you know, definitely telling to hear Shiraka talk about kind of the, the depth of their friendship over the years and how um, uh, just it, it grew after obviously Shiano, uh, you know, and, and him did not work out the first tenure uh, over a decade ago. Shiano ultimately letting Shiraka go after the 2010 season. But, you know, I think, you know, it's also kind of a positive story, right? I mean, you know, just in terms of being a human being, um, you know, things don't always work out. But, uh, you know, they're, they're getting a second go together. And uh, obviously, we hope it's more successful than the first go around. But, um, you know, I do think that it's a um, humanizing uh, kind of compelling storyline to uh, to Shiraka coming back. And, you know, I, th- I think that helps Shiano to be honest with you in terms of perception. I think, you know, um, sometimes he's, he's, uh, he, he doesn't like to let people in. Obviously he got, I, I think it's kind of funny to hear him, you know, talk about, I don't think anybody asked for the specific details of when he met with who, but that's what he kind of, uh, how he addressed it. Um, but you know, listen, we're never going to fully know how the, the search, you know, how long it went, who, who was involved, how many interviews did he have? You know, was he turned down at all? I mean, we're never going to know all that. Um, so I think, you know, for, for what it is, um, it's obvious that, you know, him and Shiraka have a good relationship. Otherwise I, I, I can, can't imagine either one of them would be willing to do this uh, and give it a second shot after what happened um, in the first tenure. So um, this next uh um, answer uh, is it related to a um, question regarding uh, why Shiano feels that um, Shiraka is the right person to lead the Rutgers offense. Uh, it's a great question. I said it, he's a great developer of both coaches and players, right? And when you have a proven leader like Kirk, a guy that is, you know, what proves somebody? Results. Right? When a guy has results, we're in a result-driven business. And when a guy has results, well, how did he get the results? There's a lot of ways to get results, right? Is it just that a guy steps into a situation where he has better players than everybody? Well, that's one way. But that hasn't been the way Kirk has done it. Kirk has trained coaches. He's trained players. He's used the talent that he has and fitted into the system. that they, The nice thing about Kirk's system, it has a lot of flexibility. Right. If we if we have this, then we're going to do that. If we don't and we have this, then we're going to it really emphasizes the things that we are strong at. And it kind of de-emphasizes until we can get those weaknesses uh, to get better. It de-emphasizes that. But it really isn't. There's a lot of good scheme coaches out there. It isn't scheme. It's development. It's leadership. Right. You've got to develop guys. You got to take them from where they are to where they want to be. And I use this all the time with with coaches and players and recruits, but you know, the origin of the word coach is a horse drawn buggy that takes important people from where they are to where they want to be. Well, no better description than that for Kirk. So Shiano uh, kind of diving in a little bit. And I think that was kind of the first uh, mention where he speaks about flexibility of, of uh, the offensive system under Shiraka. Uh, obviously that's going to be key. And I think, you know, looking back on Gleason's tenure, I think that was uh, a reason for failure is, um, you know, I think that he was a little bit, it it seems like he was a bit unwilling 
uh, or did not um, emphasize enough uh, the personnel that he had to work with and how to best utilize that personnel. I think that's fair to say. I think that that didn't happen under Gleason for whatever reason or didn't happen enough. And I do think Shiraka, you know, he's an experienced guy. He's been around the block. You know, he's experienced in the Big Ten. He's experienced as a coach, as a play caller, uh, as a quarterback developer. You don't, you're not successful, you know, throughout your career uh, if you're not adaptable and you're not willing to uh, cater to the personnel you have in his role as a coordinator. So um, I think there should be confidence there. I think, you know, people that want to see more Chris Long, that want to see more Rashad Rochelle, um, that, you know, hope that Gavin Wimsat is kind of utilized in, in the way that will get the most out of him. Um, you know, I think there's real hope that Shiraka will do that. And I think that that's obviously, um, you know, a big plus here. And uh, I think that, you know, Shiano touched on it pretty well there. So the next question is in regard to the process directly with Shiraka in terms of him signing a contract extension with Minnesota in December, kind of how that timeline worked and how um, the process of ultimately bringing him to Rutgers uh, worked. Well, that's starting to get into that detailed area that's a little sticky. Um, I will tell you this. Nothing ever surprises me in coaching searches because I've been through it myself. I mean, you guys remember, I took a job at midnight and gave it back at six in the morning. So you never really know what happens in coaching because there's so many things that go into making that decision, right? It's, you know, everybody thinks it's just football, the team, you know, everybody's got families, everybody's got relationships with coaches and players. And uh, there's so much that goes into it that I would hesitate to get into all the specifics because I don't think there's any way to to make it clear enough without having actually been in it. But again, I'm just really, really excited about where we're headed. And look, there's no magic pill. I don't care how good a coach he is. You don't just say, Oh, right. It's going to be development and we're going to do it the right way. Development of staff, development of players, and we're going to get better gradually and just keep getting better and better and better. So I think the crux of that question is trying to uh, determine you know, was Shiraka uh, a uh, day one candidate? Uh, how does the contract extension at Minnesota play into that? Um, and how did that impact the search process? Uh, again, like I said, I mean, we're never going to fully know. And, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of laugh at Shiano just, I mean, he's never going to answer that fully, but you, you have to ask the question. And I'm glad it was asked. Um, it's actually Brian Fonseca of NJ Advanced Media asking that. And, um, you know, I, I do think that it's um, certainly intriguing to, to, to look at in terms of Shiraka signing the extension in December. Was that just random? Was that because he was being pursued and, you know, Minnesota tried to lock him up uh, long term in terms of retaining him because he was being pursued? I mean, who knows? I mean, Shiraka could have had offers from multiple schools. Uh, anything is possible. Um, you know, it does seem... Uh, plausible that um, Shiano would have Shiraka on his initial list. I mean, based on, you know, the understanding that, you know, they are good friends that they've, uh, you know, uh, I guess um, 
been been in touch for a long time now so it, it seems only natural that shana would at least have thought and considered him initially now was he an initial candidate in terms of the interview process we, we don't know but um you know it is curious timing just with the extension a, a month before he ends up leaving uh and you know listen he's he's got a great background so uh, he could have been pursued by Rutgers initially and locked up uh, with uh you know minnesota signing with the extension could have been other schools as well. It could have been Rutgers and other schools. We, we don't know. Um, but um, I think that uh, going back to development, yeah, it's true. I mean, I think obviously, you know, this Rutgers offense, a big part of what, you know, has been the problem uh, with, the, with the Rutgers offense for years and years and years is there's no continuity. There's no consistency. You know, I think it's the 13th offensive coordinator in 15 years. Um, maybe I have that flipped, but it's it's something really, you know, a high number like that. And, uh, you know, it's hard to, uh, develop. It's hard to develop and, you know, there's no identity to the offense. So, um, hoping we, uh, hear more on what that identity is going to be. We talked, uh, we heard about flexibility, but I think it's going to be interesting, uh, to hear. And then, uh, Shiano now is going, uh, to touch on just Kirk's development of young quarterbacks and how that was appealing to him. Uh, in terms of uh, obviously bringing him on board? Good question, Fooch. That's certainly something he's very good at in developing quarterbacks. And, you know, we we have some young quarterbacks, right? So we need to develop them. And I think it's critical that within his system, there's different ways to help the quarterback. And what he has to do is he has to get to know our players, evaluate what we can and can't do, and then how do you help that guy that touches the ball every down? I think that's one of the things that he's best at. So certainly a selling point of Shiraka is his uh, long experience uh, and successful uh, at every stop he's been in terms of uh, tutoring and mentoring young quarterbacks. Obviously, uh, Joe Flacco at, at Delaware, um, at Western Michigan, Zach Terrell, uh, was, you know, uh, very successful, uh, under Shiraka. That was, uh, that 2016 season under Fleck where they went 13 and 0. they were Mac champs lost to Wisconsin, the cotton bowl. Terrell led the FBS with 34 touchdowns and four, uh, interceptions in terms of best TD to interception ratio in the country. Uh, and that happened under Shiraka. And then at Minnesota, um, which I did speak with Dan at Gopher Insight quite a bit about, was just his development of Tanner Morgan, um, who was a MAC-level recruit, was going to Western Michigan for Fleck and Chiraca, and then came with them to Minnesota when P.J. Fleck took over in 2017 um, and ended up, uh, you know, he, he broke the program's single-season records for passing yards and touchdown passes. So Chiraca certainly has that resume that shows that he's able to develop uh, young quarterbacks. So for Rutgers fans with, um, you know, considering Gavin Wimsat, uh, certainly a uh, something to be excited about in regard to uh, Shiraka now being here. This next question touches on how involved Shiana will be with the offense, having someone as experienced as Kirk as the offensive coordinator. That's a, that's a really good question, too. It's something that was really important to me um, because I have a lot to do as a head coach of a Big Ten program. And we, he and I have discussed the vision of the offense. 
We've discussed what we believe it's going to look like as we take the steps. But I have a true professional in there, just like I do in the defensive room with Coach Harasimiak. And I give these guys a lot of, I wouldn't say leeway, a lot of leadership runway with with their staffs. I think it's very important that they are the leader of the, I'm the leader of the old program and we staff meet and do things like that. But when they are putting this stuff together, they, they really run as two independent operations under one umbrella. And I jump in with them. I talk with them, but uh, those are the leaders. And that's when I said the leadership in both the offense and the defensive room, I've never had it this strong. Kirk. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah. No, I didn't bring him here for me to call him. I'll tell you that. All right, so that was uh, actually Pat Lanny of uh, NJ Advanced Media. He asked the initial question and with the follow-up uh, to just kind of nail Shiano down there in terms of Kirk calling the plays. Uh, that was a little funny, I thought, uh, or just, you know, it was a little bit lighthearted moment there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Shiano, no, no surprise there in terms of him talking about the setup and um, you know, I, I think it just speaks to uh, people's speculation or curiosity on, um, you know, how involved was Shiano with Gleason in terms of the offense? Did Gleason have, you know, full autonomy to, to call the offense? Was Shiano, you know, uh, kind of uh, going through things with him? Was he overruling him on anything? I think, you know, I I, th I think that with Shiraka, yeah, I, it's um, he he does have you know so much more experience than Gleason. It would be crazy, especially at the salary and what they've been through together. If Shiano did uh, try to uh, you know get involved, uh, you know, in, in a detailed way, I can't see that happening. You know, I'm sure they're going to scheme together, and uh, I mean as they should, right? He's the head coach; he he should game plan week to week with the offensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a appropriate question, but I think that, um, yeah, I, I think if, if Rutgers fans does have, do, did have concerns that Shiano maybe got too involved in the past, I think Shiraka actually should give confidence that that's not going to happen uh, this time around. This next question focuses on how Kirk Shiraka's offense fits into Shiano's vision of complementary football? I think not Kirk's offense. How does Kirk fit into complementary football? And I think that one of the things that he and I are the most aligned on is it's about winning games. So whatever you have to do to win the game, that's how you win the game. It may be you go out and throw for 500 yards, or maybe you, you, you do something differently, whatever it takes to win the game. And that's my job as the head coach is I got to look at the whole picture and talk with, with Joe and with Kirk and say, okay, this is how I think we win this game. What do you guys think? Yes, no. And we come to a conclusion. Okay. This is how we're going to win this game this week. And uh, that's what complimentary football is because when you do it as a program, it's different than if you have two guys as independent contractors that are just trying to do the best they can. Right. That's noble, but sometimes it doesn't fit together. So I really like this answer. Uh, and I think, you know, that's that's what it should be like um but i think maybe in the past it didn't always feel that um there was a willingness or you know i think it also has to do with the makeup of the team right i mean it, you might have a team that you you can't it's funny that he talked about you know winning throwing 500 yards you know i don't think Rutgers has had that kind of team 
to be able to try that. Um, but I think that the, the sentiment is, is uh, you know, telling and important here in that, yeah, you know, if, if I think it also, you know, one thing I haven't touched on is that I think having Harris Simiak and Shiraka, if you look at it from that perspective, right, with the head coach meeting with the two coordinators and game planning week to week, Harris Simiak and Shiraka actually have, um, you know, a little bit of crossover uh, together. So I think um, that not from last season, um, but from Harris Simiak's first tour, he wasn't the coordinator, but, you know, uh, in terms of being on the Minnesota staff uh, and having kind of, you know, uh, being, I'm sure in some meetings where um, th there's a little bit of uh, familiarity there and um, having that alignment with Shiano, obviously with the two of them is going to be really important. Um, and I think that, you know, having both of them come from a winning program like Minnesota uh, in terms of in the Big Ten, I think, you know, Sean's comment there kind of just made me think of that in terms of um, having the experience of, of, of game planning like that, you know, in a Big Ten environment um, and, and being able to kind of sit at the big boy table and, and, and make hard decisions, you know, and, and maybe... I, I think the most experienced, most successful coaches, they understand adaptability is, is, is huge. And uh, I think Rutgers has uh, two coordinators that, that fit that bill uh, right now. And just to clarify, you know, Harris Simiak was there just one year in 2019 with Kirk uh, Shiraka at Minnesota. Shiraka, obviously the offensive coordinator. Um, Harris Simiak was actually the safeties coach that year and then became the co-defensive coordinator the two years that Shiraka was absent from Minnesota. And then obviously when Shiraka returned, uh, Harris Simiak was at Rutgers this past year. But um, I think my point is that, you know, they have familiarity being in meetings together. And um, I, I think that uh, Harris Simiak also people forget was a head coach. Uh, so I think that, you know, he's able to sit in a room with a more experienced coordinator like Shiraka and be able to, um, you know, hold his own in that regard. And, and, and I think that's part of why Shiano thinks so highly of him. And now this next question is in regard to uh, how Kirk has evolved over the years um, in terms of any philosophies or just um, uh, how he approaches things. And, and this was Shiano's answer. Yes. I think that Kirk knows exactly how he wants to build an offense. And whether it's this play or that play, you know what? He's going to look at what we have and he's going to figure it. But more importantly, how you do it, the detail, the accountability, right? The commitment to what we're doing, that's going to be, I think, what you see over time. Our players and our coaches are going to feel like this is the way we're doing it. And we're going to get better and better and better. Whatever this is, you know, that's, that's up to him and the staff when they figure out what we can and can't do. But whatever it is, the commitment and the accountability to doing that, that's going to be for sure. So Shiano talking about Shiraka there and just in terms of, I mean, you know, his basic answer is that, you know, Shiraka is a true professional and, you know, he's going to have the command and respect of, of the room. And I think that that's important. So uh, obviously it's important, but I think in terms of where this program is right now, uh, they need uh, experienced leaders, and I think the offense, you know, needs a veteran coordinator, and that's that's what they got in Shiraka. So these next two questions, last two questions answered by Shiano before we move on to Shiraka. This one actually is um, 
totally uh, focused on NIL, name, image, and likeness, and the Knights of the Raritan, um, the uh, Rutgers Collective that is currently, um, you know, in a campaign, the matching campaign, trying to raise a million dollars in a 30-day period. Uh, John Newman, the president of Knights of the Raritan, uh, they've done a, a great job, um, you know, in recent months and, and just really trying to get Rutgers, um, you know, at the level they need to be to be competitive in the NIL space within college athletics, obviously football uh, and also basketball, really the, the two main drivers there in terms of NIL. Um, and, uh, you know, Knights of the Raritan have uh, been very vocal, been very uh um, supportive of obviously football and basketball and uh, all, all, all the sports. I mean, they have athletes signed from um, a lot of different programs at Rutgers, which is great to see. Um, but this was, uh, I thought, great to hear Shiano um, give them a shout out and kind of talk specifically. Um, he's, he's talked about NIL a couple of times in the past, but I thought that this, um, you know, was uh, good to hear from uh, right here about that college athletics right now, big time college football, uh, the Knights of the Raritan have been unbelievable. You know, the, the amount of work that gets done and, you know, this is a, a, a labor of love for a lot of the people that are behind that. Um, you know, I know there's been some matching things going on and a lot of the Rutgers faithful have stepped up in a big way and, and we're grateful, but I'm grateful for the people who run the Knights of the Raritan because that's their time. You know, they're volunteering their time to help us. And uh, I encourage our fans, like I said last time, I encourage our, our fans and our supporters, uh, whatever they can, to step up because it definitely is part of college football now. It's, it's the way it is, and I know it's the same in college basketball. So whether you like it or not, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, really. And I understand everybody's opinion, but it is what it is. It is the, it is the way current college football is. And for us to compete in the Big Ten East – we need to have that support, and I'm grateful for the support that we've that we've received. So, Shiano, obviously talking about the importance of NIL there, and I, I think you know he it, it was telling there at the end. I mean, he's there's certainly been, and we've seen it online, and we've seen it with a lot of longtime fans who are, are not very um, happy uh, about NIL being so important now, and I, I I do understand that, and I understand kind of the con <clears throat> excuse me conflict of donating money for facilities or, you know, uh, support of a program versus uh, specific support for a student athlete, um, you know, and, and there's some traditional kind of old school views on that. I have been pretty vocal about name, image, and likeness being a great thing for all student athletes in every sport. Uh, and um, yeah, I think, you know, having Knights of the Raritan as a collective to be able to help uh, drum up support and, and um, you know, sign student athletes and uh, get them some financial gain because of their name, image, and likeness. I think that's a, a great thing. So um, I think Shiana was kind of acknowledging that not everyone agrees with it and um, uh, that's okay, uh, which, you know, uh, obviously is uh, the right approach. Um, but I thought that that was important for him to call that out there and um, you know, good for Knights of the Raritan as well to get that kind of support as they continue their campaign, uh, this current one, a uh, million dollar match. And then I'm sure there'll be many, many more campaigns in the future. So this last question to Shiano was an important one asking about the um, vacancies on the offensive coaching staff uh, in terms of having uh, offensive line and tight end uh, with the departures of Nunzio Campanelli and, and Augie Hoffman. 
which I wrote about last week. You know, and I took the angle that I think this New Jersey centric staff, you know, and it's, um, I'm not going to get all into it right now, but you know, listen, Campanelli and Hoffman, uh, who I like, uh, very much. And, uh, I think are good coaches, you know, were brought in, uh, in large part to their connections in New Jersey and to recruit New Jersey. And it just didn't really happen. Um, and I think that there's a lesson to be learned there. I think that, you know, it's not as much of, uh, necessarily failure of their um, not having more success in New Jersey is much more of it as, you know, Rutgers needs to, uh, you're always going to rely on New Jersey. You're always going to recruit New Jersey hard. You know, there's still five or six staff members on the, uh, of the, between the 10 assistants and Shiano, you know, that are from New Jersey. Uh, so I, I was, I'm hoping that in these two positions uh, that they go out of the, out of the uh, region you know, and get, bring in either, you know, other big 10 assistants or other, uh, power five, uh, assistants, um, that have expertise in recruiting other regions around the country, you know, whether that's regions that Rutgers currently recruits like Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, of course, um, or if it's new regions, you know, somewhere in the Midwest, is it the West coast now with UCLA and USC coming into play, uh, in the big 10 in 2024, is it Texas, um, you know, th there's, there's Rutgers can't just rely on getting 10 of the top 20 recruits in the state year after year to be able to, to build a program. And I'm not saying that, that that's, you know, the exact intent. Um, but if you look back, I mean, Chandler didn't have that type of success until his last year, 2012 recruiting class, which, you know, he did leave right before, uh, literally days before signing day. Um, but you know, they had five of the top 10 recruits in the state that year. Uh, but that took a decade to build and uh, many, many winning seasons. So um, I really hope with these hires, uh, Shiano is, um, you know, uh, looking at uh, a broader uh, stroke, I guess you could say, in terms of uh, coaches with their experience, um, not just as coaches, obviously, but, but really in terms of recruiting expertise and the regions that they uh, have experience and connections recruiting. Now, Kirk will be very involved. Um, ultimately, the head coach has to decide how it all fits together as a staff, chemistry, recruiting, all those things. But uh, Kirk and I will work hand in hand to, to get that done. And I think, again, we won't rush. We'll do whatever it takes to get the right person. But I think things are lining up where it'll happen pretty quickly. You know, right now, there's two more weeks where, as coaches, we're out on the road recruiting. Um, and then you're back in the building with the players full time. And you know, you'd love for it to happen by then, but you, you know, remember last year we made some hires that, that went past that. I'm never going to sacrifice a week or two weeks. Uh, I'd rather get the right guy. You know, if you're a couple weeks late, that's the way it is. But yeah, Kirk and I will work very closely, and, and we'll we'll get that worked out. So, Shano, just touching on um, the process of hiring assistant coaches, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's important that. Um, him and Shirak are obviously aligned in who they do hire. It'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what connection uh, the new coaches uh, will have either with Shiraka, Shiano, or both, or or neither. Uh, I kind of find that probably unlikely, um, or at least if there's a connection, you know, maybe they had worked for someone that, um, you know, Shiano trusts or, or Shiraka has experience with. So uh, it will be interesting to see how that goes down. And then Shiano just did touch on at the very end, 
that the spring game uh, will be on April 29th, uh, the same day as Rutgers Day, same weekend. Um, so uh, April 29th probably means that um, spring practice begins sometime in uh, you know mid to late March. Uh, or I guess it could be early April, but um, you know won't be uh, too early. Still probably about uh, two plus months away. Um, but something to look forward to uh, for uh, all Rutgers football fans, especially now with a new look offense uh, heading into uh, spring camp. So that's a perfect segue, shifting gears now to Kirk Shiraka, stepping to the podium to uh, speak with the Rutgers media about his return. And that was the initial question in terms of what was it like uh, to be back at Rutgers and working for Greg Schiano. It's uh, super exciting for me. It really is. Uh, Coach and I have a special relationship. Uh, it's an interesting relationship because uh, if you ever listen to me talk to somebody else and they ask me about my career, you know, I always credit him with really shaping and developing me as a coach and my philosophies, you know, so, and then from there, uh, after we left each other, we became friends. If I had to make an important decision in my career, I always called him. He was one of the people I would call and share with. Um, and we developed a tremendous friendship and it's out of respect for him, uh, that we had that type of friendship. I know what a great football coach he is and I'm excited to be back with him. So I thought that, that was uh, some good insight just from the get-go um, in terms of Shiraka saying that, you know, he confided in uh, Shiano throughout his career in terms of stops he made and, and decisions he made. So, um, you know, sounds genuine. And I think that that's obviously a good sign in terms of um, them having this type of relationship uh, through the years uh, since the first time they worked together, uh, which I think leads confidence into that they have a much stronger relationship and, and, and are more connected uh, this time around. So the second question for Shiraka, uh, obviously a big one, is what type of offense he's going to run and what fans and uh, everyone should expect uh, this season from uh, Kirk Shiraka's offense. Yeah, sure. I, I think if in I want it to be balanced in the perfect world, right? So if you're if you want to look at some type of film or something and see what it looks like at some point at, at 2019 at Minnesota, the third year I was there, we had it pretty much in place the way we wanted it to be, uh, very balanced. We had two thousand yard receivers and a thousand yard rusher. If you look at the last two years at Western Michigan, 15 and 16. Once we had everything in place, the development of the players and really had it going the way we wanted to go, I think we had uh, 2,000 yard receivers there and a 1,000 yard rusher. So we'd really like to have balance. And by that, by balance, I mean, I don't mean 40 runs, 40 passes at the end of the game. I mean that we have the ability to uh, win the game if we need to rush for 350 yards or win the game if we need to throw for 350 yards. So that's really the end game. That's the vision that I have. Um, when we've been top 10, top 20 in the country, that's the type of offense we've had. Um, but also, though, a uh, coach mentioned it, you know, I want to win. OK, and so we're going to look at our personnel that we have here and decide what gives us the best chance to be able to do that immediately here with it. Last year, if you looked at our offense at Minnesota, uh, our, our best chance was to be able to be physical and establish the run game and run the ball. We had a great tailback 
there. He was our best player. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I know that I got to get the ball in the hands of the right people to allow them a chance to influence the game. At the end of the day, that's probably the most important job that I do. Um, so we'll, we'll look at things. I'm super ex- I can't wait to meet the players tonight. Super excited to get started working with them and learning about them and finding out what do we do best? What are our strengths, right? Because I've got to accentuate our strengths and I've got to limit our weaknesses. That's really what I've got to do. So I'm excited about it. So really like this answer, obviously. And I, I thought that the, the balance part of it, you know, uh, not being, you know, 50-50 within a game, but uh, balance in the sense of the offense being able to do uh, anything it needs to do to be successful. I, I think, you know, there, there's certainly, um, uh, how do I put this? <laughs> I, I'm not so optimistic that Rutgers is going to, at least this season with the current state of the roster, um, you know, be able to win any way possible. But uh, I, I do understand his point in terms of, you know, if you have to throw a lot in the game to win, if you have to run a lot in the game to win, that's what you're going to do. Having that mindset, having a coordinator that understands that, having a coordinator that I think is experienced enough to to do that, it's easy to say it. It's not so easy to actually execute it that way. Um, and it also could make for some interesting, you know, situations and um, some fun games too to see uh, Rutgers adapt to the situation and, um, you know, uh, have that kind of uh, flexibility is the right word, but. Um, you know, have that willingness to try different things. I think that that would be refreshing. And I think that's what so many fans kind of struggled with uh, last year was that it was just, you know, the game plan was very vanilla. It was very conservative. You know, it's going to be interesting to see is, is, is this, you know, is Shiano, uh, I, I, I think it's the trust factor. I really do. I think he trusts Shiraka and I think that, that, that should lend hope that yes, what Shiraka and, and, and Shiano are saying, whatever you have to do to win that game. And if that means throw it 50 times, I, I, I think Shiano actually does trust Shiraka enough to do that. And I think that that makes Shiraka, you know, a, a, a really good hire because I think if, if he can if he can give Shiano confidence to maybe step out of his comfort zone in terms of what he envisions the offense, what he allows, um, I think that that's, you know, could be a real positive uh, for the program and, and for Shiano as a coach in terms of his development. And I think, you know, I, I do think it's a really fascinating dynamic between Shiraka and uh, Shiano of the first tenure and Shiraka not working out. And, um, you know, so far, I, I, I do honestly really like what Chiraka has had to say. One uh, part that I, I did like, which I think is going to be a challenge, is what he talked about, you know, accentuating the positives and minimizing the negatives in terms of, uh, you know, or, or limiting the weaknesses of the team. And I think that's, you know, yes, that makes sense. And I, I'm glad he said it. I think, uh, how quickly he can develop the offense and 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 minimize those weaknesses and and turn those weaknesses into strengths is really going to be. I mean, listen. I think Shiraka has the experience, right? I think that's going to be the key to his success. How quickly can he turn so many weaknesses on the offensive side of the ball into strengths and or not debilitating weaknesses? 
and weaknesses that he that the offense can overcome. I think that's really the crux of it in terms of, you know, will Shiraka be a good coordinator at Rutgers this time around? I think that's the key. And it's, you know, comes down to talent and being able to develop that talent. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not skeptical of Shiraka. I'm skeptical of the way the offense as a personnel is constructed right now. I think there's some good pieces there. But I, I worry about the depth and the overall talent level. And that gets us to quarterback where uh, Shiraka is now asked about Gavin Wimsat and his approach to developing a young quarterback like uh, Gavin and where he, the point he's at in his career. Yeah, I'm excited about getting a chance to work with all the quarterbacks here at Rutgers. Um Gavin, uh, I, I know, has a lot of talent, a lot of ability, so that excites me. Uh, you know, but I'm just looking forward to getting to work with them, right? And and that's what I need to do. I need to get out there. Spring ball will be really, really important, you know, for me to get a chance to see these guys. It's one thing for me to put the film on, but we're six months later. This is a new season, you know, with these guys and just kind of see where they're at. Uh, what are his strengths? What are their, his weaknesses? Um, how does that fit into the system? You know, what do we need to emphasize? That type of thing. How does he learn? Um, how does he learn from his mistakes? You know, th these are all questions that are going to be answered once we get out on the field and we get a chance to start to work with them. Um, but I, I think in developing a quarterback, you know, I, I really think there's two major areas that we work on that I believe in is from the waist down, his feet, um, from his platform to uh, pocket movement, those type of things. So we work really hard understanding the rhythm of the pass play, what it should be, tying that to your drop, those type of things. And then we work really hard from the neck up, developing him up here. Uh, he, he needs to be an extension of me out there on the field. And so maybe the most important thing I do is teach him how to think deductively. Um, and I want him to think like I would think, but he doesn't always have to come up with the same conclusion that I can't, would come up with. Right. But he needs to have the same process. So I know what he's thinking out, how he's thinking about things when he looks at the defense out there. So I know what play to get him into from that standpoint. But um, I'm just excited to get to work with all the kids. Um, I, I think that, you know, that I think the kids are excited about it. I know I'm excited about it and looking forward to teaching them and doing this, you know, like this to me. This is what I do, right? I go, I go to programs where the offenses might not have had as much success um, as we'd want, and then we build an offense there. And if you look at my track record, we've been able to do that. So I'm excited about the challenge here. But I'm also excited not only about the challenge, but I'm excited about the program and where it's at right now and the infrastructure that's set up, the three recruiting classes that they've had already, the, the culture that they have here. And I think it's I'm going to be at the right place at the right time right now. So a lot to unpack there in terms of um, all the things that Shiraka said, but I, I, I really liked kind of the detail he spoke about in terms of his process, in terms of breaking down the fundamentals uh, and the technique of, of quarterbacks. Um, and I, I, I think the mental side of it, you know, I, I, I just, um, I think that he's looking for that connection with a quarterback that, you know, he's able to have that trust with, of course, 
But I, I think that the part of, you know, understanding their thought process and being able to tap into that um, process in, in order to be able to uh, call the right plays for that quarterback. I think, you know, it's, um, I, I, it does, you know, it, it's a little bit unfair to speculate on, you know, how in depth things were with Gleason. I, I, I'm sure that, you know, there, there obviously was a process, but I, I just, you know, I, I Chirac is like, he's a football coach, you know, he, he's, he, I, I love how he's just breaking it down and, you know, this is what he does. And uh, I think that his demeanor is, um, encouraging i think it's it's you know kind of uh it's it's laid back is not the right description but he he's he's a football junkie i mean you could hear in his voice if you, if you followed his career um you know i i he it's true he's gone to places and he's turned things around uh pretty pretty significantly so i mean if you look at western michigan and, and minnesota you know, their two most their, their most successful seasons in you know a very long time Shiraka was the offensive coordinator. So I, I think that he does have a knack for being able to tap in um, and connect with young quarterbacks. And uh, it's not just about, you know, making them better. You can't make them better if you can't connect. So I'm really uh, encouraged uh, and, and um, I don't know, maybe anxious to see, you know, what kind of inroads he can make with Wimsat uh, in terms of getting the most out of his potential. You know, and listen, I mean, you, you can't just rule everybody out. I mean, Evan Simon, I mean, he had a rough go of it at times last year. But, you know, I I think I, I like how Kirk said, you know, he's excited to work with all the quarterbacks. And, you know, as a coordinator, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And, of course, they want to develop wins at. But um, I think that uh, Kirk, Kirk just, you know, has the right approach. And I think it's the approach that's needed. I, I, I can't say for sure, but it just seems like a holistic approach that, um, you know, maybe Rutgers hasn't had uh, recently or in a while. Um, you know, I, I've, I really liked Ralph Friedgen. I, I, I like Jerry Kill. I'm sure that there was some similarities in terms of, of how Shiraka is, is going to approach things and does approach things. Um, and whether it's a different style or, or not, um, I, I think getting to the crux of it and how you build a successful relationship as a coordinator with a quarterback um, you know, I'm excited to see Shiraka get a chance to to do that uh, at Rutgers this second time around. So this next question uh, was from Richie Schneider um, of Rivals. It was a really good question in terms of uh, what Kirk looks at in terms of how he evaluates quarterbacks and how he recruits quarterbacks. And I thought, um, you know, it was a really interesting answer. Well, I, I think... Uh... There's this thing in football, right? If you throw a forward pass, if you throw the ball forward, the guy has to catch it in order to advance the football. Okay. So I value accuracy among everything, right? I, I would love for arm strength, the, the better the arm, the, the more things you can do, the better you can stretch the field. But the ball still, it doesn't matter if you can throw it 70 yards down the field. If the guy's not going to catch it, it, it doesn't matter. Right. So accuracy is number one. Um, number two is uh, and this is in no particular order. Number two would be functional intelligence. Right. He, he has to be able to think deductively um, and, and learn from his mistakes. And then the third thing is leadership. They're the three things that I look the most about. And when I'm going out and evaluating a quarterback, they're the things that I'm thinking about. Where is he in these areas? And again, right, you would 
you would love to have the guy with, that can throw at 70 yards, right? So the stronger the arm, the better, but we cannot sacrifice accuracy. We cannot sacrifice leadership. The quarterback position, you know, we're in the largest media market in the United States right here, right? He's the face of the program, you know? Um, so he's got to have leadership uh, also and be able to lead the team. So they're the three things I look for though. So I thought it was a great answer. Um, you know, and obviously, I mean, listen, this is not Chiraka's first rodeo, so to speak. Um, so I think, you know, I'm sure Rutgers fans hearing that, you know, talking about accuracy, it was, a, you know, it was, it was certainly not a strength of Wimsat's uh, this past season. So that would be interesting to see, you know, uh, can, can Wimsat become more accurate as he's more comfortable? I think that that, that, that to me, I, you know, you would think if a quarterback is more comfortable, he could potentially be more accurate, but you know, time will tell in this case, obviously leadership makes sense. And then, um, you know, the second one in terms of, uh, functional intelligence, um, being able to, you know, learn from mistakes, decision-making process. Uh, I, I thought, you know, it, nothing surprising about what Shiraka said, but I just like how, um, uh, refined he is in his process and kind of his approach um, and his views. So I, I, I think that um, for me, it was an uh, encouraging answer. This next question was specifically about the tight end. It was from Fuch, um, Anthony Fusilli, uh, play, uh radio uh, for Rutgers football. Um, just in terms of uh, the tight end position, uh, how he values it. And uh, I, I thought it was, I like how he also asked in terms of the Northeast, the importance of the tight end position. Uh, and this is what Shiraka had to say. Yeah, I, I, I've been, uh, you know, again, you know, if you look at the last seven or eight years where I've coached at, you know, some years there was a lot of catches for the tight ends. Other years there wasn't very many, right? And, Coincidentally, the guy, the years the tight ends had a lot of catches, he was a pretty good receiver uh, with it, you know. So I think it just goes with accentuating the strengths of what you have there to work with. I, I love a tight end that can run and catch because, you know, you can it's easy to create those mismatches for him to get him on linebackers, uh, to get him on their worst cover guy when you detach him. You know, so that's easy, and it, it's a definitely a bonus when we have that. And when we do, we try to take advantage of that. You know, but I think he's a big key key piece of the puzzle. So, just talking about the importance of the tight end, I think that was refreshing for all Rutgers fans um, who have been frustrated by the lack of utilization of the tight end position over the years. Uh, and um, you know, it kind of I, I I don't know. We'll see. We, you know, can can Victor Kanapka benefit from having Shiraka here? Hopefully, he's healthy. Um, you know, will Shiraka bring in a tight end from the transfer portal? But it, it certainly, uh, you know, sounds like he wants to incorporate him into his offense as much as possible. Um, and, and I liked kind of his, uh, you know, talking about um, how he likes to create mismatches with the position. So um, good news in terms of if you're looking for uh, more diversity within the uh, Rutgers offense moving forward, tight end is going to be, uh, I think, a, a key piece of it. This next question went back to Shiraka's relationship with Shiano, how it's, uh, and basically specifically ask him how it's developed since his last time at Rutgers 
over the last decade and how it influenced him in wanting to and ultimately returning back to Rutgers to work for Shiano a second time. Yeah, I, I think when I was here, I was obviously a lot younger. Um, but I quickly realized that this guy was special, you know, a special man. And he what a great football coach he was and what a great teacher he was. It's probably a better description of him. You know, he's a great teacher. And, um, you know, how much he worked at developing the coaches that he had you know, in, in his system. So that was like the first thing that caught my eye. And I always enjoyed uh, conversations with coach when I was here before. It didn't have to be about football. It could be about anything. Uh, you know, I always enjoyed when we went recruiting together and we would grab dinner before we go on the home visit, you know, and so we could talk and have those conversations. And I think after uh, I left here, you know, um, we stayed friends. Right. Uh, that might be hard for some people to believe, but we were friends um, with it. I understood the decision. Um, it didn't mean I had to agree with it, but I understood it. And we were friends and, and he continued to mentor me. And I, we continued to talk all the time, uh, whether it was about football or just life. You know, and it's one of those deals where we would he might call me or I might call him. And it was going to be we just had one little question to ask each other. And the next thing I know, we'd be on the phone for 45 minutes talking about other things, you know, with it. So, um, you know, so it went from that and then a mentor to me with that and a friendship. Um, and I think probably the last three or four years, you know, we just spent a lot of time on the phone just talking about football a lot, um, philosophies and those type of things. And, you know, he's asking me questions about developing an offense and I would share with him my thoughts, those type of things. Um, but at the end of the day, I have tremendous respect for him as a man. Right. And I'm just looking forward to helping him do this here. So I thought that that was a, uh, you know, insightful answer in terms of how their uh, relationship has gone over the years. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, <laughs> the timeline of him saying they've talked a lot about football and philosophy and how to build an offense uh, the last three or four years, uh, Chiraka, uh said uh, there, which is, you know, obviously corresponds with when Shiano returned to Rutgers. So uh, obviously – Shiano uh, turned to, to Shiraka for input at times or advice, but maybe in the beginning in terms of when he returned, um, you know, and knowing Shiraka was in the Big Ten, uh, obviously that's, you know, a logical and, 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 and makes uh, sense. And I think, you know, it, it just uh, makes you, I think, realize that it seems like uh, obviously it's obvious to say, but they both wanted to give it a shot again. And I think that that's, um, you know, it's uh, it's I think a good story, uh, both for them personally and obviously, um, you know, it does sound like they've uh, learned from each other, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the dynamic plays out moving forward. Uh, and this, uh, so two more questions with Kirk uh, as we uh, get through this. Um, in terms of uh, this next question, just kind of delves in a little bit more. I like how Shiraka said, you know, he didn't necessarily agree with the decision Shiano made to let him go the first time, but he understood it. Uh, obviously, that requires a certain amount of professionalism and maturity to say that. 
Um, but this next question was uh, delving kind of more into that and what, what he learned from his first uh, time at Rutgers um, back um, as coordinator in 2009, 2010. That's a great question, right? And uh, I share this with people all the time, especially young coaches. Um, I, I've gained a great deal of experience from, from that experience here. And I, I think this, when you, uh, when you don't have success at something, right? And I, again, I share this with young coaches all the time. When we don't have success at something, it doesn't go the way you want it to go, right? Um, we have a choice that we can make. Right. We can focus on all these things that we didn't have any control over that influenced the outcome. Right. Or we can sit here and look at these couple of things over here that had we done it differently, we might have given ourselves a better chance. We still might have the same outcome, but we might have given ourselves a better chance. And um, after I left here and I had a chance to reflect on things, there was a couple of things that I learned. Um, that I felt like could help me in the future. Uh, and, and they have, I've been able to reach back and lean on those things. When I first got to Western Michigan, we were not very good. Um, not very good at all. And I don't know, we might've been the worst offense in the country the first year I was there. Um, but I was a little better equipped to handle that situation than I was when I was here before. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew exactly how I wanted it to look. And I knew this, that nothing was going to get me off that road that I was on because I knew that this gave me the best chance. I didn't have anything guaranteed that we were going to end up being a great offense, but I knew that this is how I wanted it to go. And I was not coming off that road and it didn't matter how bumpy it was at that point in time. Um, and uh, it was, uh, it was tough, right? But it was able to, by the second year, we were above average. And at that point, I knew that we were headed in the right direction. You know, and then by the third and fourth year there, we were as good offense as anybody in the country, right? Then I went to Minnesota the first time. And again, we were arguably, certainly the worst offense in the Big Ten the first year I was there arguably one of the worst offenses in the country that first year I was there. And uh, again, I trusted myself and there's a lot of different people pulling at you, a lot of people with ideas of how to do it. Right. But I knew exactly uh, that I was on the right road. At least I was going to trust myself that I was no matter what, and that it would turn and that we would get it going in the right direction. And again, we were able to do that. Um, I don't think without the experience that I had at Rutgers, I'm not sure I would have been equipped to handle that um, the way that we did and, and, you know, and been able to turn it around as quickly as we did uh, at those two places. Um, so I, I think that's probably the biggest difference in me now is, you know, I, I know exactly, I feel like I know exactly what it takes to, to get an offense to operate at a high level and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you guys might not be able to see it. You know, it might, it might be just in small little increments. I tell the guys, all the coaches all the time when we're doing, when we were doing this is guys, just keep fighting for the inches because the, when the, at the end of the day, those inches are going to add up. And at, at some point we're going to be good, you know, but we, but without getting those inches, 
keep grinding towards it, we're never going to get there, you know? So I'm just sure of where I want to go and how I want to do it now. So I thought this was a tremendous answer, uh, very in depth. Um, and you know, it, it, it takes, uh, a maturity and professionalism for, for Shiraka to be able to kind of be that insightful and, um, kind of open himself up a little bit in terms of, he didn't talk about maybe, uh, mistakes he made at Rutgers the first time, but he did, um, I think by his answer of what has, has made him successful since you can look back and, you know, I, I think his, um, uh, decisiveness, but also, um, confidence in himself, you know, I think it's, uh, it's all about right in life. I mean, adversity and how you handle that and how you handle setbacks. It's not, you know, you can't prevent setbacks and adversity from happening. It happens to everyone. And um, I think that, you know, he is a great example of someone that learned from having a bad run at Rutgers and it made him a better coach because of it. So I, I love that he shared that. Um, and I think that, again, it, it shows, I think that him coming back to Rutgers is, you know, it's it's important to him and not, not just his relationship with, with Shiano, but I, I think he, you know, there should be no question that he's motivated to want to be successful uh, coming back to Rutgers. And, um, you know, I think when I heard him speak about just, uh, you know, sticking to that road and knowing that that's kind of, he, he, he doesn't waver in the belief in himself. I, I do think that it just, him and Shiano are, are, are made for this moment together. I, I, I do. I, I, maybe it sounds cliche or, you know, it just, it, they're connected. I think that that's, a huge thing. And, and, and it really has, uh, I think gotten me more excited about, about this hire and about, um, where, where things could go from here because, um, you know, I'm, I listen, I'm, I, the, uh, their connection, uh, seems pretty apparent now. And also I think in terms of, uh, you know, knowing on the face of it, he, he fired him over a decade ago, but th this just seems like, you know, <laughs> Chirac is on a redemption tour here and they have the connection. They've, they've, they've stayed, uh, you know, in tune with each other. And I think they, they much better know how to operate with each other now. Um, and I think Chirac's point just about, about his, um, you know, belief in himself and, and, and knowing what he needs to do, how he, how it should look for him. Um, I think, you know, should bode confidence, uh, going into, uh, his tenure. Okay. So last question here for Shiraka came from Brian Fonseca of NJ advanced media, just talking about, uh, Shiraka's journey to Rutgers from Minnesota, signing the contract extension last December. Our last month uh, is last December, um, but also uh, just kind of implying that, you know, he seemed pretty intent on staying in Minnesota when he signed that extension and what changed and how it led him to back to Rutgers. Well, I, I, I think that, you know, the, the coaching environment has changed a lot in the last 15 years, you know, with how things are done and, and guys moving around and that type of thing. Um, I can say this, there weren't a lot of jobs out there that would have gotten me to leave the university of Minnesota. Um, I know that, uh, cause coach wasn't the only guy who called me in the off season. Um, 
but I really wasn't looking to leave the University of Minnesota. What came upon me and talking with coach was, you know, this, what I considered a great opportunity, um, a chance to get back on the East Coast. That's where I'm from. This is where my family is. A chance to work with a guy that I respect the heck out of. I respect the heck out of Coach Fleck, too. Um, but this was an opportunity to work with a guy that I respect the heck out of. Uh, I thought that this was the right time at Rutgers. Um, I remember talking to Coach after the game and Joe after the game and saying, hey, you guys are headed in the right direction. You can see a huge difference between the team we played in 2019 and the team we just played in Minneapolis. So I can, I can see the difference. I just want to make sure you guys know that, you know, keep, stay the course. Um, so I, I don't know if there's anybody else in the country that could have gotten me to leave Minnesota besides coach, to be honest with you. And the opportunity to do this here at Rutgers and do it at home. Um, I think what was really pretty cool for me was yesterday we went to the basketball game. And I, if you ask me about plays in the basketball game, I probably can't tell you very much about the actual plays because I was just sitting there and I was watching the student section and how into the game they were and the crowd stand getting on their feet at different times in the game when they needed a defensive stand. And I was just sitting there and like, yeah, this is, this is the reason, one of the reasons why I came back here because we put that, that type of product out there in this stadium that's what the student section is going to be like out there. That's what the stadium is going to be like. That's what the state of New Jersey is going to be like about Rutgers football. So. So another great answer from Shiraka to end it, um, you know, and, and uh, something I alluded at in the, in the beginning about, you know, speculating the, uh, with Shiraka signing the extension, it wasn't just, you know, or, or wasn't, you know, Rutgers or, or they're, Easily could have been other suitors for him. And, uh, you know, at least that's what he said here uh, was that that was the case. So, um, you know, uh, saying that Rutgers was the one job he would leave for. I do really like what he said about, um, and I think it's genuine uh, in terms of playing Rutgers this year. And obviously the score was 30 nothing, you know, but I, uh, him recognizing the difference in the team from 2019. I mean, obviously 2019 was... <laughs> you know, pretty much uh, uh, as low as, as the program has been um, in terms of a talent and just a performance level on the field. But, um, you know, I, it's uh, fair to say that, yeah, they, they, they certainly look more like a Big Ten team now. And I think, um, you know, it was great for him to recognize that and say that. And um, I think there's truth to that. And I got, you know, of course, I'm a, you know, I'm a basketball guy. I love that he you know, got amped up from being at the rack on Sunday for Rutgers to beat Ohio State. And uh, he he has a vision. He has a vision. There's trust there. There's trust with himself. There's trust with Shiano. You know, again, him and Harrisimiak know each other. I like that part of it. I think that's an underrated part of it. Two coordinators working in sync. I really like that aspect of it uh, and having that experience. And I think, you know, his connection with Shiano, like, like we talked about, his uh, ability to develop quarterbacks, I, I think, listen, you know, my, my biggest reason for skepticism is not Shiraka. It's the talent level on the offense, the lack of depth. Um, how quickly can they get that turned around? Uh, can they get it turned around? 
Um, but I will tell you this after this press conference and listening to Harrison, um, Harrison, Mayak, listening to Shiraka and, you know, I've, I've gone back and watched some press conferences of, of him at Minnesota. Um, you know, I, 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 I do, I, I do like his approach. I, I like his attitude. I like his demeanor. Um, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, you know, it's, um, uh, I think Rutgers is in capable hands. I, I don't think him having success here is a sure thing by any means. Um, and again, that's not a uh, derogatory statement towards him. Uh, I, I do think this was a really good hire and I think it makes sense. Um, and I think we learned more about why it makes sense um, just from Shiano and um, uh, Shiraka's comments uh, at this press conference. So I hope you liked uh, how this went. Um, you know, kind of just went off the cuff in terms of listening, just like you're listening. And and I did read uh, before, um, you know, a lot of the, the quotes that were, were given, but um, I like to do this naturally and just kind of uh, go off the, you know, what, what is said. So, um, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I, I do think that uh, there's reason for optimism here in the long term, having Shiraka on board. Uh, spring, obviously, is going to be vital for um, this team uh, in terms of integrating his offensive system. I think a learning period for Shiraka to learn about the offense, the players, um, you know, be fascinating. I'm, I'm surprised no one asked about the transfer portal and um, how he envisions that. And he wasn't asked about the coaching hires either. Uh, so those were two I would have liked to hear, uh, heard from him. Um, I will say, you know, in speaking to, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised no one asks this, but, uh, you know, in terms of does he coach in the box? Is he going to coach on the field? Um, you know, my guy Dan Dittel at uh, uh, Minnesota, go for insight, said that he did coach from the box in Minnesota. So that would be interesting to see if he uh, stays in the box. You know, Shiano had uh, Gleason on the field. And again, maybe that was Gleason's preference. I don't know. Um, but you know, just a, a lot to unpack. And I, I think, um, certainly things to be encouraged about again, my, my, my biggest reason for concern is, is the personnel that Shiraka has to work with. Um, and I think, uh, but that being said, um, he has the experience and the know with all the confidence. And I think the, uh, you know, the ability to get the most out of whatever they have, you know, is that going to be enough? I think that's the question of how successful Shiraka is going to be here and ultimately how Greg Shiano is successful you know, in the next two to three seasons. So uh, more to come this off season for sure. Uh, catch all my coverage of Rutgers athletics, Rutgers football, obviously in the, in the um, middle of uh, Rutgers basketball season at the scarletfaithful.com scarlet faithful on Instagram. My YouTube channel is Aaron Brightman uh, recaps uh, for, you know, all football and basketball games and any kind of news that comes up and appreciate you listening to this podcast episode. You get, uh, the Scarlet Faithful podcast, wherever you listen to all your podcasts, all our guest driven podcasts will be uh, uh, shown on YouTube as well. And uh, thank you so much for listening to me and uh, hope everyone has a, a good short week at work uh, coming off the holiday. Hopefully you didn't have to work on the holiday and uh, more to come this off season for sure. Rutgers football and all Rutgers athletics at the Scarlet Faithful.